0: This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller his Guy Friday, Christian Blatt, and superstar producer, Lindsay Floyd. On today's show, comedian Bill Burr. And now, it's him, Dennis Miller.
1: Hey,
2: folks. Welcome to the Dennis Miller Option. I think later we're going to be joined by comic extraordinaire, Bill Burr and uh you are correct he, sir he's got his sixth special out right now i see and he shot it in england it's called paper tiger sixth hour long special it's streaming on netflix he shot it at royal albert hall i'm always enamored of where bill shoots his specials because he, i know he shot one at ryman yeah. auditorium in nashville Where I have worked, and uh, after watching the Ken Burns documentary, The Civil War, and being reminded of that view from that stage, I thought, my God, how blessed I am as a performer that I can look up and remember the shape of those windows at the back of the auditorium while I was on stage. And I remember that being a really fun and groovy show because they had me in a dressing room, and I don't even know if he was a big player at the, the Opry, but they had a picture of Elvis sitting in the dressing room on the wall. So I was in that room, and then afterwards, completely switched on. uh, Vince Vaughn turns up unexpectedly. He's in town doing something, and he saw the show and came back to visit. I always loved Vince. And he had the little kid who wanted the shotgun from the Christmas story with him. Oh, Peter Billingsley, yeah. Yeah, he's like I I think he's transitioned. He's Barbara (laughs) Billingsley. Leave it to be—or what is that called? Leave the beaver. Oh, um, Beeve. <laughs> what are we doing today, Chris? Well, uh,
3: we have a uh, a lovely voicemail from uh, a man named Jim in Florida. Who he he was Wait having trouble second.
2: with the voicemail. You know my history with Jim in Florida. Don't oh, you? I
3: do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but uh, we persevered, and uh, I was able to help him actually leave this voicemail. So I I, I wanted to make sure we got to it.
0: I just want to say your show is phenomenal and it always has been. Both Blackcast and the Miller shows. Nice. (laughs) I was in Colombia on an anti narcotic program in a mobile base and on a rotation. And I would sometimes come back to the United States. I would record all of your radio shows when you were on the radio. And then I would keep them and and listen to one a night. I was in the jungle on a mobile base. (laughs) And they kept my sanity. I just want to thank you for that. I think your shows are wonderful. I love the uh, horse and bean shows. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention something. I love Lindsay's laugh. It's absolutely the greatest part of the show. Mm. And you can turn it up as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Uh, Also, Dennis, you can sing whenever you like. It's fine with me.
2: Bye-bye, birdie <laughs> Was that Rob? No, that's a real guy named Jim and Florida oh, Are you <laughs> kidding
3: me? Yeah. I thought it was Rob Lurch. No, Rob Lurch is in Tokyo right now He doesn't have any time for us What yeah. is he doing in Tokyo, for God's sake? Sightseeing And you know what I mean
2: oh. Um <laughs> I know he's over there. He always goes over and sees what will be in next season in uh, Asian Spin Fuck Chair. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know they're changing it every year—the armrests, the, arm the apertures—and <laughs> Rob likes to go over there and act as a, 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 a American business conduit for the Spin Fuck Chair. Um, honest to God, I, that's why I left. I was wondering I why you were it was left crazy, Rob. That makes, makes perfect sense. Well, yeah. it sounded like Gene Simmons a little, it, didn't yeah. It? Right. listen to the very beginning just not for the self-aggrandizement I just want you to hear the way he clips a word at the end it reminded me of Rob's impression of Gene
0: I just want to say your show is phenomenal and it always has been both Blackcast and the Miller shows I was in Columbia on an (laughs) anti-narcotic
3: we've got kiss condoms and kiss caskets we'll get you coming and going
2: (laughs) I'm watching footage of some woman who went over the fence, and she's standing in a lion's den. She's so fucking stupid, the lion won't eat her, because he's afraid it's contagious. (laughs) He's like, what's wrong with this one? That's when you know you're stupid, when the lion looks up and says, you know, I crave flesh, and you're obviously (laughs) a big girl, but you are so stupid, I'm afraid that I'll walk away from this all dinged. So I don't want to get what you got, but I'm a fucking lion. Get out of my den. (laughs) (laughs) Christ, it's the end of the world as we know it. I
3: wish I I could uh, offer some words of
2: encouragement That you're wrong But uh, I mean clearly you're not (laughs) No That woman couldn't even glimpse that the end might be near Because uh, her voie de poids was so ample That she knew she was (laughs) rapture proof That's when you know you gotta lose a few (laughs) folks When the rapture won't even suck you up into space Because you're so ground bound by the heft Ground bound by the heft I think that's an old Woody Guthrie song. <laughs> um, what are we going to do, Christian? Well, we're gonna, you, you were playing another yeah, we're, voicemail? We're going to play another voicemail. Uh, this, and we're going to be joined by Bill Burr, as um, I said. Yeah. And uh, have you ever seen Bill's touring special? You know, my touring uh, the schedule is more akin to the Johnny Cash song at the end of the Days in yeah. commercial. I've been to Kalamazoo. I'm looking at his. It's like It's like he's on the Silk Road. It's like if Marco Polo was a stand up. <laughs> I'm, lo- I'm looking at some of these uh, uh, venues that he's going to, and uh, let me find him here. Yeah. Um, it's, listen uh, to this, folks. In 2015, he toured Australia. I'm trying, uh, let's go through and I'll tell you if I think I could score comedically in a place like that. Australia, yeah. I think I'd work there. New Zealand, yeah. Singapore, don't know much about it. Is that where they crack you across the ass with yeah, a paddle they, if you they, break they, off a car antenna?
3: Yeah, if you uh, chew gum and uh, drop it on the sidewalk, you'll be caned.
2: Well, guess what? The woman who broke into the lion's lair could not walk and chew gum simultaneously, so she'd be safe <laughs> in Singapore. But if they did paddle her, well, that's a dunk. Uh, Hong Kong? No, I would not play in Hong Kong. Mumbai? What are you kidding? Who... <laughs> Is Mumbai in Africa? No, it's uh, in India. All right, is India? <laughs> yeah, no, um, no, no, the same yeah, thing. No,
3: absolutely same oh. thing. So <laughs> who?
2: <laughs> well, you you know my theory. That well, you, he I don't buy the whole China, and oh, Japan yeah, are different. I know. But I'm trying to think how I could get one laugh in uh,
3: Mumbai. If you just did a whole set about the uh, Untouchables, you know, take all my wives, please. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Would that be a Mumbaian joke? I don't even know. I, I don't was just even think it is. Off but... times in foreign lands, they have yeah. a bunch of wives. So I was yeah. trying to do my, my henny old man. Um, <laughs> London, Glasgow, Dublin, Amsterdam, yeah. Helsinki, I guess I could score that. Yeah. Copenhagen, Oslo, Stockholm, and Reykjavik. Well, I can't go back to Reykjavik because, you know, in a previous life, I, uh, I had a secret life as Boris Spassky. I remember <laughs> Bobby Fischer spanking me in Reykjavik. <laughs> That screenplay's still in. Ironically, turnaround at Paramount, getting spanking me in Reykjavik. Just uh, somebody out there. I can bring this thing in for two point five million. We go up to Park City with it. We're all in clover. It's the new paranormal activity, but chillier.
3: Let me get Bob Evans on the phone. I feel like he could help. Down
2: on that. the farm, still like a nice Bob Evans. <laughs> <laughs> whenever, my, whenever my son and I go to. Yeah. Uh, uh, that'd be a funny sketch Where you go into a Bob Evans family on the road right. During spring training They go in and it's all sofas And young playboy bunnies and blow And Bob Evans is the guy at the front to, You go wait to say I thought this was a Bob Evans Oh it is The kid stays in the picture You want to meet Miss February? <laughs> We've got but, Do we have pancakes? You bet your ass <laughs> Folks, if you haven't listened to the audio book of oh, the kids' days in the section, so you have not glimpsed egomania, <laughs> It's just so funny. <laughs> to, to hear egomania in its own voice is absolutely hilarious to me. And uh, But uh, Bob Evans, what's my go-to order when I get – oh, believe it or not, when my sons and I go down to spring training, and I hope to get both of them some year. It seems like we're always on a rotation thing because one's busy or the other one. We go down to see the Mets. And there's a great Bob Evans down there in Port St. Lucie that we go to at night. And I always get the open-faced turkey sandwich with a nice cranberry jelly. Sounds nice. Some mashed buds. I go with corn. I know it's not for everybody. No. But what do I? Hey. 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 Do I have to call and clear giblets with you? (laughs) No, I don't think so. And then I get an Arnold Palmer. Oddly, not to drink. Literally, Arnold Palmer comes over. And serves me and uh, then drops grapes in my mouth. What's a Jack Nicholas drink, by the way? What would that be? He's the uh, Golden Bear. So it would be half uh, half bear, berry, mm-hmm. Golden Bear. All right. All and right. half uh, urine. Kind <laughs> of a Jack Nicholas. <laughs> what is that? Well, half berry juice and half uh, a Chilean plain wreck drink your own urine. Okay, well, can you provide the urine or do you trust the kid who's working lime? Back <laughs> Always take your own urine if you're going to order a golden pair. Yeah, I
3: think um, if, if nobody takes anything else away from this podcast, whether it be this week or any, I think mm-hmm. it's
2: that, really. I wonder if the Donner Party had a sommelier <laughs> where, you know, you're about to munch your second cousin, Jethro. Sure, and you look up, and as you you're just about to ingest his calf muscle, you say, "White or red with this? <laughs> I like a nice rosé with just calf." <laughs> <laughs> well, play me something, Chris. Yeah, we got a we got another
3: voicemail we can play. Uh, we'll play uh, voicemail number. What t- are people nuts? Son- they're still oh, showing I know. This, this woman. Lady. A- And she's waving to the... What an asshole. To the giraffes. I would have served her right if the... The giraffes
2: are so mortified by her behavior, they're cranking their necks in. You know, at some point, the giraffes have some sort of a handle on the side of their neck. It's like one of those, uh, you know, sun porch things that you put up. You can crank it up. And the giraffes are so mortified that they have to look down on this woman from above. And she's such a moron. This makes me not believe in God that she doesn't get munched here. (laughs) Is that too harsh? Well, yeah, I think you should be But what is she thinking there when she goes in? Is is that how screwed up kids are now with getting on YouTube? (laughs) You you know who you You should ask? Does she not understand that a lion, (laughs) that that she's like one in a million chance she's not dead today?
3: I think we have the perfect person for you to ask about a woman jumping the fence, going into the lion's den and not being eaten. That would be comedian Bill Burr, who joins us now.
4: Bill. Hey, what's going on, Dennis? How are you?
2: I'm watching TV here. I've got this fat chick walking into a lion's lair in Central Park or something. Have you seen this clip yet? No. (laughs) <laughs> it's another kid who wants a selfie. Literally, Bill, she jumps the habitat fence at this zoo and is walking in, and the lion's looking up at her. You can see the lion looking. There's nothing between her and the lion. Now, this is all just to get some selfie footage. And she's in the, and the lion has literally got a look on his face like, you know, ordinarily I'd munch you, but this is such a stupid play on your part. I don't want to get contagioned here by whatever has driven you in here. What happened to the fucking world, Bert? You got stupid.
4: Well, you know what? First of all, props to that lion for laying off the ribeye today. You know he definitely knew it. He definitely knew it smelled funny, so uh, he, stayed, he stayed away from it. But I, you know, something: what's happening to the world is there's too many things to look at, and the only things that get views, which earns advertising money, is people acting like idiots or yelling at each other. So you get you get a total misread of what's going on out there, that a lady doing that, that is not the normal person. Right. Like people, I, I, yeah, it's just, it's just not a good gauge. And then it just makes you. I kind of got off social media in a way other than promoting my dates, because it just makes you just, it's like watching the Jerry Springer show back in the day where you saw the, the Mount Rushmore of horrible people from every race. Like everybody was represented by the dumbest. So I just, I try to stay away from it.
2: That's a good point. We're talking to Bill Burr, and he is state of the art right now, folks. He and Chappelle's specials. I haven't seen Azizes, but no doubt he's working out some angst because he had a date that went wrong. He asked somebody to go Dutch in 1992, (laughs) and he's still paying for it. But uh, I saw Bill and Dave's Bill's sixth hour-long special, Paper Tiger, is streaming now on Netflix. Let's talk about the holidays. I know, I know, crazy early to talk about the holidays, but trust me. You don't want to go through another holiday season taking closed-mouth photos while everyone else is grinning ear to ear, do you? Getting a photo-ready smile starts now, and it's easier than ever with clear aligners from Candid. Candid aligners can help you straighten your teeth faster than traditional wire braces. Treatment takes just six months on average. An experienced orthodontist who is licensed in your state creates a custom treatment plan. Then they show you a 3D preview so you can see how your choppers look after you're done. Candid's aligners are more comfortable, removable, and they are completely, and I mean completely, Claude Rain's completely invisible. Candid ships your aligners directly to you so there's no hassle of going to an orthodontist office, and Candid costs 65% less than braces. You hear that? Two-thirds less than than braces, And with each aligner purchased, Candid donates $25 to Smile Train, who brings safe, 100% free cleft lip and palate treatment to children all around the globe. It's a mouthful, but uh, that's what Candid does. So on the back end of the product you dig, you're helping somebody around the world, a kid with real problems. Get your photo ready, Smile by the Holidays. Go to candidco.com slash dennis and use code dennis again to get $75 off. That's candidco.com slash dennis. That opens the Stargate. And then code dennis for $75 off. Candidco.com slash dennis. Code dennis. As I said, I love the bar shoots. Uh, I've I've played Ryman, and when I watched Ken Burns' documentary this week, I was in tears thinking I've been on that stage. He went right into the belly of the beast, Royal Albert Hall in London. How'd you find the British crowd, Billy? I mean, it looked good on TV. How'd you find them?
4: Oh, they're great. It's one of those things with, like, streaming television that everybody around the world can now see you. So it's like if I did my jokes to everybody in London, 80% would be like, I don't know what the hell this guy's talking about, but all I need is a couple thousand people to show up that get me, and I'm good. So I did do some warm-up dates before. I did Liverpool and a couple other places out there just so I could – because every country kind of has, like, its own little rhythm, and uh, there was a few things. I couldn't say Stedman. I had to say Oprah Winfrey's husband Right. And uh there, there was a few things that they, I I had to switch up right before the special but other than that everything kind of cruised.
2: Well, you know in 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 uh in, in Liverpool they mistake Stedman for Eric Holder so they think it becomes <laughs> a political joke because it's the yeah. it's the debonair Black Cat it becomes the Holder over there. Um you, you know the joke that wipes me out is uh <laughs> Dude, folks, now you tell me this isn't a great premise. And this is where certain comedians separate and start to go up into the ether, this observation. Uh that in the era of Me Too, <laughs> Bill feels sorry for women who like it rough.
4: Brother, that <laughs> that
2: that laid me out. I laughed so hard, bro.
4: no, because I remember way back in like the nineties. When you'd hook up with some chick and she was into some crazy stuff and even back then before social media you were like you know I don't know about this man I don't know I'm up for whatever but this is this seems like this kind of uh this is beyond the pale here so I was just I know those women are still out there so like I I feel bad for them like how they you know they want to feel your your power there your strength a little bit they want to be held down but no they think Back up, but kind of hold me there for a second. Those ones, you know, that's, that's a uh, that a quandary. Yeah, you're in the clouds there. You're flying instrument there. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's like Stephen Wright's
2: old joke about he got a dog and he named it uh, Stay, and he would say, "Here, Stay." Here's the, yeah. And they were constantly <laughs> stuck in the middle. They didn't quite know what to do. That's exactly yeah. what that is. Uh, stuck in the, in the clouds is such a funny way of putting that. Burr has a great also, twist like, of phrase.
4: I think, too, this whole thing, too, now, where you're just going to go back into people's social media and just look for something that they did wrong. Basically, expose that they're human, that they made a mistake, regardless of how long ago it was or whatever. And you'll be like, so that one thing is who they are. I just always picture them scrolling past tweets like, "Helped an old lady across the street. And they're like, that's not it. (laughs) Got a cat out of a tree. That's not it. You know, total Polish joke in in 1999. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I love how this kid can't be on SNL, but it's okay for him to go back and do stand-up. That's okay. But this other guy, he can't do stand-up because he's going to make a zillion dollars at it. But this guy's an actor, and he got hit, but he sucks <laughs> at stand-up, so he can do stand-up. It doesn't make any sense. It's, like, it's a goat uh, fuck, Bill. It's a complete goat fuck so, out it's there. It's the female mind at the wheel. I'm telling you, it's all emotional-driven. None of it makes sense. Uh, it does make sense. The beginning of it made sense, and then it's it's gone haywire. It's like, hey, some creepy guys out there. Nobody's helping us out. you got to listen to us. 100% made sense. And then it just quickly, I don't know what happened. And then all of a sudden it just became, uh, you know, way back, uh, you were on Friendster. (laughs) It's just like, oh, Jesus, Friendster? (laughs) What are we doing, 2002 now? I know. It's like the McCarthy
2: hearings with a search engine. At least there, it you is. had to fuck up right in front of Roy Cohn to pay the price. Now, for Christ's sake, they are going back. Archaeological digs on pre-puberty notions can ruin you. Is in the middle of your life. It's crazy. What do, What's up? What
4: I do love though is now people are starting to investigate the people that are outing people, and then they're getting busted. And I love like these people. They act like they're doing it for society. And on the top of their Twitter page is they use it as like an IMDb credit. Like I'm the guy who, you know, made that guy on the weather channel lose his career. Like, so it's just like, well, how much do you care then? If you're, if you're like, that becomes your calling card, and you're making money off of it. So I think it's going to, you know, I hope going back so. to the middle. But listen, this is the deal in a way. We deserve it because we weren't listening for so long. So then what happens is there's going to be this overcorrection. And then in the middle, I do believe that free speech and due process are going to make a big comeback. I, well, I Bill, you that look that,
2: at that. You that look happened. at that prick at the Des Moines Register, who outs the kid who's uh, behind Lee Corso was signed. He ends up making one point six million dollars for a charity on beer money. It's a great story. This kid, this prick for the Des Moines Register, goes back outs him, and I see it came back around on the kid this week. But this is how clueless this generation can be. The kid who outed the kid and then got whacked because he had put up stuff that, quite frankly, was more egregious than the kid he got fired. Uh, he was whining about it It was on, I, I, you think you'd have a road to Damascus moment right there where you'd say okay I fully understand Carmen now but even he started whining saying this is a right wing cabal what a stupid fucking prick I that know. guy was
4: I know it's just it's it's just one this is the thing and also too like when people are like saying that certain jokes aren't funny anymore and first of all you're just an individual and you're acting like you're speaking for an entire generation and it's just like I understand young kids thinking older guys are corny. I mean, I did that when I was a kid, too. Mm -hmm. But at no point did my generation then try to end that old guy's ability to earn a living. We just let him do lounges and cruise ships wherever the hell his career was going to take him. But like this whole thing of, like, I don't like what you're... It's just astounding that they don't see the irony that this is coming from the left. But I just think, you know, you brought up McCarthyism, then there was the PMRC with those stupid heavy metal albums that really Mm -hmm. turned out to be the music industry making money and everybody pretending they were into the devil. And now you kind of have this. So I think that'd be like, you know, 20, 30 years, there's a group of people who thinks they know what everybody should be saying and thinking and that they're, they're above all of it. It's really a, uh, it's a weird time. The joke—it's
2: a floating. Listen, it's a floating inquisition. But the fact that the left is full-throatedly now torquemada—it it, it makes me laugh. All those guys shitting on the a log, yeah.
4: And not seeing the irony in this is everything that back when you know the right was going after the Dixie Chicks and blah 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 blah. They don't see that they've then done the exact same like thing. I don't know.
2: Yeah. But, the, the light bulb not going off over their heads. Yeah. I've
4: been doing this bit of my act. I can burn it here. Cause it's over. I was saying how I didn't watch the Emmys with my wife. Cause we always get into a fight. Cause she like roots for people. And I just sort of make fun of them, you know? <laughs> so I was, the joke I was doing after watching the Emmys was like, is there anything funnier than watching a white woman in a $10,000 dress crying? It's just like it's, it's like, lady. I get it. Maybe you make fifty cents less an hour than I do, but have you ever glanced over your shoulder? You know, you're doing pretty good. Would you, would you like Would you like to meet the children that sew together that dress and see how, how much they're crying every night? It's just, I just, like, God, you're living my life. This is why I don't watch TMs anymore. Yeah, it's, it's so the- hard for me as a woman to say things that other people wrote. And then get this free dress tonight to win this shiny thing. <laughs> I mean, it's just like I just—I don't know how they take themselves seriously. It's like how do you not me, burst me. out laughing in the, in the middle and just yeah? I'm just kidding. I'm a white what? woman with twelve Escalades. You know, yeah.
2: it's I'm like gonna, the I'm third
4: it's the Emmy under the is a hood ornament on the cover of my <laughs> Austin Martin. <laughs> it's the, it's the third female
2: lead on Smallville's all of a sudden Benazir Buddha dodging bullets it's so fucking sickening uh, it makes Dennis, me uh, just once in
4: my life I want to understand one of your references <laughs> as much as I read
2: you're always you're over the horizon <laughs> once, I'm just saying there was a sitcom or a nighttime thing called oh. Smallville and you've always got a young girl who wins the best supporting guest arc or something and she's up there holding the award up like she's storming the best deal it's unbelievable to me how Seriously, they take
4: white women crying and then and then actors just taking it so seriously. Like the uh, the little fella there came on and he won an award and he was just like you would have thought that he, he led the troops into battle.
1: <laughs> I'm
4: just sitting there laughing during his whole speech. Code. Is this guy really taking it this seriously? Yeah, I don't know.
2: You know, you yeah. know what it reminded me of, Bill. It's like this seri- that you had that other great observation about uh, when they take it that seriously. It always reminds me of the male feminist who is a particular. Uh, <laughs> that's a particular type, there, isn't it?
4: Yes. Yes, it's either completely, he's got his junk tucked behind his thighs, or as they always say, you have the dead hooker under your bed. It's one or the other. It's <laughs> just a spineless vane of emotion, or, or, yeah, or you've done some Ted Bundy shit. You can never tell so, Ted Bundy stuff. You can never tell. You never know. I know. You never know with these people. It's like
2: that fucker who's over making donations to the DNC. They find out somebody puts up a doorbell cam finds out he's parading young black guys in there and feeding them opioids. And, you know, that it's always that cat who's got way, way too much tucked away. And he has to, it, it, you know, uh, what was it? Andrew Carnegie, after he sent in the uh, Pinkertons, the shoot up guys at the East Homestead Works outside, then he developed develop libraries so he could sleep at night. There's always some compensatory gesture from the guy who started yeah. the problems in the first place.
4: Yeah, that's like on American Greed, they steal all the money and then they throw lavish parties for all their <laughs> friends and everything because they're just <laughs> so guilty with all that blood money. Um, I don't know, it's, a, I, it's, a, it's not as weird a time as everybody thinks, it's just what people are paying attention to. It's one of these things where 2,000 people don't have a problem, one person has a problem, and that yeah. becomes the story, and it's just simply because that's going to make people stop and watch, and then the advertisers see eyeballs, and then you make money. Yep. But then it's just giving, like, a total skewed view of what's going out there. The Millennials aren't nearly as bad as everybody's saying. People aren't nearly as sensitive. It's just everybody's just kind of sitting there going, whoa, what What the hell was that? That was weird. Am I crazy? Yeah. But you're afraid to say anything. But it's – I don't know. It's just sort of a uh, – I don't know. If you, it'll get played out after a while, like rollerblades. Everyone will just go away from it and <laughs> <laughs> find something else to do.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're right, Bill. The squeaky wheel used to get the oil, and now it gets the jeweler's loop, man. And uh, we are focused on the outliers, definitely. Listen, folks, it's a unique mind. I watch a lot of comedians over the years, and I, I like a good run at comedy. And then every once in a while, you see somebody, who you go, "Oh, he's uh, he, he's got the he's got the quirk in his head that I can't get." enough of. Uh, Dave's. Had, if you, There's two specials out there right now. Dave's is a motherfucker and Bill Burr's sixth hour-long special, Paper Tagger, is streaming now on Netflix. And as I said, the Me Too generation, women who like it <laughs> rough, the quandary they had. If that doesn't tell you how this cat's mind works, I don't know what to tell you. I saw that, Joe, and I just laughed. I could not stop. Billy, you're a great comedian, man, and you seem like a happy man. Life's good, right?
4: Yep. Married, kid, and just keeping my head down, just doing a special, you know, no white chicks from NYU took me out. I feel like a less <laughs> man. I think it's time for me to put on a $10,000 dress and start crying <laughs> to accept some stupid award, this golden mic stance. <laughs> Listen, brother, Although, you're, one, c- you're one of my favorites, and I'd love to do a show with you at some time, some benefit or anything. If you ever got something going on, put me down, because I'll do it.
2: All right, Bill. Uh, good to talk to you, Matt. You're a good cat.
4: Okay. All right, Happy for you. you. Bye, bye, Bill.
2: Okay. Oh God, he makes me laugh. Oh, yeah. well, even just his uh, interstitial, his interconnective lingo makes me laugh. Uh, that you you've got a corpse under the bed or something that's stiff under the bed. Just uh, he knows how to do it, man. He's my right up my alley comedically <laughs> sort of guy that makes me how and uh, great uh, a great observer and then great uh, language that he puts it in and I love the Boston attitude. I've always loved that kickass attitude. So Bill Burr. Give it a watch on Netflix right now. A man in fool, as they say. All right, the Dow down, 494 points today. Jesus, we better do another 14 million podcasts really <laughs> make that up, <laughs> if that's possible. <laughs> Folks, you realize all the stiffs are leading us. Honest to God, I mean, I've got the sound on. I'm just looking at it. I don't even know his politics. He might be a good guy, but I'm thinking, you know what's happened now is people who, quite frankly are full of it, are full of themselves. You're looking at people who you can't imagine that if he came in, it would be so toasty and that you wouldn't buy a term life policy off him. And he's decided to become one of my leaders. I'm looking at him. He's NRCC <laughs> Chairman Emmer, Republican Minnesota. I've got the sound. That I'm just looking at him. I'm thinking, I don't know if I, if I, sat, if I went to fish off a wharf and there was like a, a big telephone pole that you sit on at the end of the wharf and I went to sit down and this cat was there. I'd go, I'll move down a little. This guy might want to talk and might be boring. <laughs> He's one of my fucking leaders. <laughs> I don't know why that image popped in my head. Did I ever tell you the story about the time I went fishing out on the wharf? My son and I went out. and We're such gringos, no. man. We have no idea. <laughs> He's young. I'm trying to convince him I'm Fess Parker and sure. I'm not. I mean, you know, I'm like uh,
3: no, Arnold no, are, So I take are. the kid
2: out and we throw the line off. I've never caught a fish in my life up to that <laughs> point. <laughs> So it's easy for me. I don't even have to hook the thing. It's just I have to let him know. It's like when we used to go on camping things, and my kids would get so pissed at me because as soon as they fell asleep, they were such sound sleepers. Even if we were a campground 50 miles away, I'd lift them up, put them in the back of the Lexus and drive home, and they'd wake up in their own bed. And uh, it, my son would go, what, why are we home? I said, well, we had had the whole camping thing, and you had fallen asleep. So rather than waking up out there where it's moist, I thought I'd bring you home, you'd be in your own bed. <laughs> You're missing the point of camping out. that. I'm like eight, and I can tell you this is fucked up. <laughs> I said, sorry. I just thought we had had the whole camping thing, sitting around a campfire, <laughs> yeah. breathing that shit in, marshmallows, yeah. that. Once you slept, all that the gravy was over. All that was there was the next morning, as I said, the dew-laden wake-up, and who needs that? But they didn't understand, and I think they hold it against me, as they should <laughs> to this day. Anyway, I go fishing. I'm thinking, I don't even have to put a hook on this, because... Uh, You know, it's just, it's a a show of maleness to the sun, but I'm never going to catch a fish. I never caught a fish. I catch a fucking fish. (laughs) It's pretty big. I bring the fish up and I keep thinking, fall off the line, fall off the line. I don't want to have to deal with it. I don't know what to do with the fish now. Because it's not dead. (laughs) No, no, it's flapping. <laughs> yeah, I get the fish all the way up to the wharf. I'm exhausted. I mean, literally, it's like it's like sixty feet down to the ocean from the Santa Barbara wharf, and I'm gassed. Yeah, I, I might as well be Hemingway and islands in the stream. I get the fish up. It's only like five inches long, but I'm exhausted. And I fling the fish over onto the wharf, and everybody's looking at my son's kind of juice that we caught a fish. And now I'm looking, and I'm thinking, I'm not gonna. Take that off the hook. I don't know what the hell to do. I'm looking at it and I don't have any fish tools with me. You know, people, Christ, it's the Tigris and Euphrates and needle-nose pliers. Everybody there's got something. Wichita lineman belts with shit that you cut lines with in that. I'm just standing there with a coffee. And uh so I'm looking at it, and this little kid next to me, it looks like Robert Blake in Treasure of Sierra Madre, selling the lotto ticket, looks up at me. And uh, maybe I'm over-imagining it, but he's, you know, um, he's got sackcloth on. And he's looking <laughs> at me like, what an amazing pussy I'm being. And the kid goes over and he grabs the fishing line, the, the 15-pound test, and he wraps it around his hand once, picks the fish up a la Mike Vick, and just splashes it on the wharf. And the fish is now not flopping. And my son and I are just aghast at the violence of the world. And we went back in the car, went home, and watched Spongebob. <laughs> All right, that's my story. Uh, Fishing with Dad, an emotional trauma.
3: I have uh, similar views on uh, camping. I actually was just asked at a, a party of uh, Heather, my wife, and I. I said, like, oh, do you guys camp? And I'm like, no, no, no. The reason we're married is that we. one of the first things we bonded over is how much we hate camping. And uh-huh. uh, I stand by that, and my kids will never know what it's like. Maybe we'll do camping in the backyard.
2: Well, I tried it a few times and it ended up doing more damage because I did that (laughs) twice to them. And I I realized what an unsettling experience it must be to go, think you're in the great outdoors, wake up and you're back in your own bed.
0: Did it ever happen? (laughs)
2: <laughs> we just man. dreamed the whole
3: camping experience
2: <laughs> Bad, unsettling, bad parenting that's, that's a place where I dropped the ball I remember one night I took them to a sleep out At a friend's and they were very young That's the only way I could play this And the sleep out was in the backyard of this guy's house And I, I'm telling you I'm pretty good up until you get into bed And you realize that you've now gone to sleep at nine <laughs> you know, so I'm on a out And yeah. I go, I'm, I what? I, I I can't change I'm up no. till 1230 I'm sitting in a fucking tent Reading with one of those bad headlights You feel like a jerk-off gynecologist Out in Yellowstone Park or something You've got headlamp I'm reading a book in a tent And the kid's asleep right away And I've got three and a half hours Before I fall asleep So anyway, we're around a campfire And I tell that story about the bloody hook You must know that story Where the kids are making out Yeah uh, way back in the 50s, and they hear a radio report about uh, an insane person has escaped from the local insane asylum, the hook. Keep an eye out for him. You'll know him. He has one right hand that is a hook, and he'll kill you with it, something like that. Kids go back to making out, but the girl can't focus on her orgasm because the, the hook hangs like a hook over Damocles. And she's like, let's get out of here. And he goes, oh, come on, we're making it." And then, come on, let's get out of here. Finally, he, she goes, Go, or we won't see each other again. Kid says, okay, pulls out, pissed off. They get home, they open the door in the driveway to drop her off, and there's a bloody hook on the doorknob. This is when doorknobs were still hookable, yeah. you know, where they had like a-
3: Not those green doorknobs that we now.
2: Yeah, yeah. And not a green doorknob at all. This was <laughs> just hanging there. So I tell the kids that story, and they're kind of into it. I tell it better than I did here. I'm trying to blow through this. And then I go up to the kitchen to get some water, and, and uh i i take a coat hanger that i got and i wrapped it in like white masking tape and dripped it in ketchup and hung it from the door and went back down to the thing with my water and i said hey kids we've got some snacks up in the kitchen if you want to come up and they go sure sure chips pretzels we go up to and it's hanging off the door and not even for one second my kid looks up and he goes, "Dad." <laughs> like they didn't buy it for. I didn't even get a millisecond oh, get thinking there's a bloody hook. Uh. They were like embryos it, was, it must have been the most heavy handed <laughs> <laughs> Wink wink nod nod joke ever Because my kid looks up He's still in his amniotic stack He, he flanges it out like he's working a mic He says "Uh, I'll try the veal You know he looks at me like dad Really did you think we are going to fall for that I remember thinking kids are just too smart Nowadays I feel like such an asshole <laughs> And then guess what the bloody hook guy used that to come up at us from behind. <laughs> and he took my sacrum three. He took my sacrum three. <laughs> That's my Eric Roberts, Pope of Greenwich Village. Uh Did you ever see that? He took
3: my hand. I, I saw Pope of Greenwich Village once, but uh, don't remember it that well. So I, I must be due to uh get that back. It was Mickey out. Rourke before he got all damn it. I uh I did, I did I did say I did steal your line. When? I stole your oh. line about Mickey Work recently because uh, the topic of Iron Man Two came up, and uh, I, 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 you convinced me that Mickey didn't even realize he was making a movie when he did that right. movie. Right, that was just Tuesday.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just Tuesday. <laughs> you know, Mickey, you were in Iron Man. You played a damaged <laughs> villain really? <laughs> Christ, I don't even remember that. I thought I went shopping.
3: I've never even met Robert Downey Jr.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Somehow
3: I feel they did. Um. <laughs> yeah. uh, just a, a, a few more uh, voicemails I'd like to get to before the end here. Uh, voicemail number 10, Dave from Long Island.
4: Uh, I just yeah. want to say how much I love the podcast. It's quickly replaced all the others I previously were locked on. The recent interview with Stephanie Whittles Wachs was... It showed how you can do serious as well as comedy. I learned a lot from listening to that one. I also want to give a shout out to Christian and Lindsay. I've been checking out his Vladcast episodes. Oh, and one cool. Lindsay led me to checking out her blog where I learned about the tragic picnic table there in California. So keep up the great work.
2: How sweet are you? I didn't know Lindsay had a blog. Fire <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's not monetizing it.
1: No. So oh, maybe okay. maybe
4: we should All fire right. her
3: twice. All right. I don't <laughs> you think you it's fair st- to call a
1: blog. <laughs> it was one post, but...
3: That's good
2: enough. Do you okay. know when women choose not to monetize something, they only not monetize at 85% of the males not monetizing at 100?
3: <laughs> I have heard I that. Take
2: less. Sorry. <laughs> I Sorry. I look less far less. and wide for any possible whining that can go on. I, th- I, I think, I think clean it's Clean the campsite yeah. before I leave. Exactly. <laughs> Just burn it down.
3: Uh, voicemail number nine, Cindy from Wisconsin. She's uh, Well, she's fired up, so I like mm. this one.
1: Three things. One, your interview with Ann Coulter. It was great. Thank you. I love her, but she's wrong about Trump, and you're right. Um, And and also, she's wrong about Chris Kovac, and you're right about that. He'll get eaten alive. Sorry. um, He has no chance. To Ken Burns. Um, I'm a Johnny Cash fan and uh, not a huge uh, country music fan, but the the Civil War made me cry more than once, and uh, so that's on my list. I can't wait to watch it. Thank you for that. Three, Judge Janine, awesome interview. She's so fun. Um, about what's going to happen next. Dennis, I'm sorry to tell you this, but Civil War is coming. But I'm not negative about that because I don't see any other way through this mess. Um, and there are a lot of people like me. We are so pissed off. We are so fucking mad this has been done. And... um this travesty
2: has to end. Hey, let me send you a hat. <laughs> no, I, don't. I wish we had I don't know a hat. what to say. You can hear that in her yeah. voice. Well, listen, I'm telling you, if there is another civil war, I'm going to get the light stick uh, <laughs> thing because I, I think it's going to be like a big grave and I want to have those light sticks <laughs> for a night battle. <laughs> yeah, I think something's coming. I, know, I don't want to say it. I'm a public figure and then they accuse you of being the bring down, but uh, you see how. Listen to the tremble in her voice. Yeah. For Christ's sake. And, uh, and as far as this Chris Kobach, uh, who is it? What was his name again?
3: I think Chris Kobach, uh, who I thought was uh, Carson's character, who would uh, you know, put the right, envelope right, to his come head. come out in the turban. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> but I'd vote for him. I'd vote for the great Kobach. too, Kovac. a second, <laughs> right after Trump does too. Um, all I'll say is this. Uh, if Trump, you know, they're always whining about Trump's manners. If Trump were presidential... He wouldn't be president there in a nutshell. That's what the that's what's up with Trump. And if Chris Kobach wants to go in there and do white glove safari service as far as fighting back <laughs> these people who hate his fucking guts, good luck because you're going to get slaughtered. <laughs> Trump is president because he's not presidential. All right, Christian, I got to rock. I got to work. Out.
3: We We are all set. That is our time. Bye bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Dennis Miller Option exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, Westwood1.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next
4: time, that's the show, and we are out of here.